0: This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program is pre recorded. There are so many choices when it comes to selecting the right financial institution. Start with the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. We're right here in your city. We're also the official credit union of Temple University, and anyone who lives, works, worships, and studies in Philadelphia can open an account with convenient locations old, throughout our city of brotherly love. Also online at pfcu.com with for free price. online and mobile banking. Our website. We're, We're, not, here here our profit. Profit. Here We're not here for our profit, profit. here by for yours. Federally insured by NCUA. Federally insured by NCUA. Free speech,
1: speech lives here. Talk radio 1210. WPHT, WPHTHD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia, radio.com station. Now from the Malamut and Associates Law Studios, it's good news in real estate. If you're a homeowner, if you're selling a home or perhaps purchasing a home or vacation property, welcome to our home. It's good news in real estate presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Your host for that the Mortgage Mom, and Cat Cyrus. How are you, Deanne?
2: I'm doing great, Mark. How are you?
1: I'm very, very good, as Merle would say. <laughs> and we're very excited here every week to talk on our, our show, Good News in Real Estate, here on 1210. If you want to ask us a question, give us a call on residential, commercial, rentals, whatever. My number is 267 266 5501. What's your number, Deanne?
2: My number, Mark, is 609-605-7153.
1: And we're here to keep you informed every week and help in any way we can. So you can listen to this show and all of our past shows at Good News From Real Estate and also at WPHT's website. So what's coming up today, Deanne?
2: Coming up on today's show, Mark, we have the market report. Yes. We have business tips with Asking Dr. A.
1: The doctor.
2: We also have Mark's funny story.
1: Got one for you.
2: We have our mortgage mom topic.
1: Which is what?
2: How how does debt to income ratios affect your loan?
1: Oh man, I'll have to remember that one. (laughs) (laughs)
2: All right. Mark, we also have our questions. I'm selling my home to my daughter for a dollar. What documents do we need? I live in Texas. The next question is, Can an HOA force a homeowner to list a property with the HOA sales office? That's a good question. Buyer of my home, overzealous inspector, decides our home needs repairs. If we decide to walk away from the sale, do we have to tell the next buyer? Good question. Next question is, is there an option to rent to own for people needing help with credit, especially when I'm a first time home buyer?
1: You well, get we a lot of them.
2: We do. And Mark, we have our topic of the day, which is how to avoid homebuyer's remorse.
1: Yeah, last week I told the dirt lady story.
2: Yep. Falls right <laughs> in place. But Mark, first give us your motivational quote.
1: And the motivational quote is the dream is free. The hustle is sold separately. <laughs> it doesn't cost you anything to dream, time, money or hard work, but hustle on the other hand costs you all of that. So you got to hustle a little bit, stay in the 20%, and the dream will happen.
2: Very good. You like that one? I that like
1: that very one. one. Very good one. Oh, my God. So where are we at?
2: So we are up to the market report.
1: And there is the bell. We got a good market report. I had a really good one last week, too. Typ- typical home sales profit of 75971 in the second quarter of 2020 reflects a 36.3% return on investment, your ROI, from the original price. 36.3%.
2: That's insane. That's,
1: That's up from 30 point, 34.5% from the previous quarter. According to the solutions company that did this home sales report, the number was also up from percent a year ago year over year so the real estate market is like booming but the media never talks about it so this new high in raw profit since the housing market started recovering after the last great recession in 10 12 11 and 12 things are good the data arrives just as the median home prices have continued to rise across the country, regardless of some of the damage from the virus that is inflicted you know the virus
2: I want to interrupt you there for a a second
1: good I'm gonna interrupt
2: you because two nights ago three nights ago on the news it was stated that mortgage applications are down 35% yeah
1: well I don't know where they're getting at well
2: that's my point so this is you know this is from the media I mean, you know, before I told you all week long, I mean, we can't even keep ahead right now. The end of the month is always busy, but now you have all these new applications coming in, the refinances coming in. I'm not complaining, but I just feel bad that people can't get the service that they need because it's just, we're becoming order takers right now and it's not right. Again, I'm not complaining, but.
1: (laughs) But the media, you know. They're not saying that and if it bleeds it leads it's all negative right like you don't hear nobody I never see anybody on TV coming out and say you know the real estate markets booming I never hear anybody say that
2: or you know what would be a great what would be great and I might even do this go in front of a house where there's 15 to 20 people every 15 minutes going in and out of that particular home right go stand in there do a broadcast in front of that house And show people the market show that there's no inventory there's a reason 15 to 20 people are coming through this house because now the neighbor should say hey you know what let's put a sign on our yard
1: best time to sell ever ever so this housing market across the state has caught has done (laughs) this high wire act in the second quarter surging forward despite all the encroaching economic headwinds resulting from the virus even with all that going on, profit margins hit new records as prices keep cr- climbing with few indications that the impact is gonna to topple any of the other market. So, I mean, things are good. And there's no doubt, the ongoing prosperity resulted from gains before the pandemic racing through the whole country because that was the best economy I ever seen prior to March 16th, and it's growing. Now, here's an interesting thing that this, probably affecting you the most common home improvements during the pandemic like you're doing one but the has promoted many homeowners to take on updates and renovation projects more than three quarters of about a thousand homeowners surveyed this month said they have carried out at least one home improvement project since the start of the virus according to a new survey from porch.com and the biggest projects are and they're looking at them. What's more, what, what have they spent the most? Most of them, the median amount of money they spent was $17,140. How much was your, uh, cause,
2: cause, Well, now we're up to, I'm up to a hot tub. We just had our, tub. um, our back patio power washed along with the entire house. So, I'm, I'm good Are you for... Are
1: you up to seventeen grand yet?
2: I probably will be by the time this is all done. I'm not done yet.
1: Probably be
2: $17,999. Which is exactly <laughs> what my tax bill is. <laughs> <laughs> Do so I anyway, get that deduction?
1: Uh, yes, call uh, Murph on uh, the loose. he yeah, will okay. help you out, man. With an average five improvement projects per household to fund these households, 38% dipped into the savings, 20%... used credit, 13% used their government stimulus checks. Outdoor projects have been the most popular. 61% of homeowners reported doing upgrades to the garden, patio, renovating the structure of the house, the survey shows. 58% also made improvements inside, such as repainting, adding flooring, renovating bathrooms. Homeowners don't appear to be done yet that's why you're getting so many apps 78 percent of homeowners said they plan to take on at least one or more home improvement projects over the next 12 months 44 percent said they want to do more tech improvements with like installing cameras smart lights doorbells oh yeah we all did that, that stuff
2: we did that yeah
1: everybody's doing it 34 percent want to add more environmentally friendly upgrades like adding solar panels starting a compost heap I don't know about that one. Installing solar powders, water heatings. So, But the most cited reason why homeowners are... Imp- this improvement is trending. They finally have the time. And the survey showed by adding value to a home, 21% making a home feel more comfortable, cozy, and 21% were motivated by all the factors.
2: So instead of putting that all this... That was all... Good news. It was all good news, but instead of putting all this stuff on a credit card, let's talk about the rates and doing a cash-out refinance, because your 30-year conventional fixed rate is 2.875. Your 15-year is 2.625. Your 30-year FHA loan is 2.875. It's That's absolutely insane. You're spending 19 to 22% on your credit cards, do a cash-out refinance, fix the home, Put it on the market and pay it all back.
1: Do me a favor and call our best friend Don Devlin and tell him to get <laughs> me settled so I can refi with you.
2: You got Please. it. Please.
1: All right. So, with that, you're listening to Good News and Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210. All positive, all the time. We'll be right back.
0: On behalf of the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union, we hope you're enjoying Good News in Real Estate with Deanne Katsaris and Mark Cumberland. The Philadelphia Federal Credit Union, not here for our profit, here for yours. Deanne and Mark will have more after the break and this message from Debt Free Living. Learn more at WeHateDebt.com.
1: All right, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. All positive, all the
2: time. So are we got Deanne. Mark, we are up to your
1: funny story. So I got one for you. So this this tourist, right, he's walking through Chinatown, downtown, and he's fascinated with all the Chinese restaurants, shops, signs, banners. He turns a corner and he sees this building and it says Hans Olvenson's Laundry. <laughs> and he looks at it he goes, Hans Olvenson. And he muses about it. He goes, how the, hell, how the heck does that fit in here? So he walks in the shop, and he sees this little old Chinese gentleman behind the counter. And the tourist says, he goes, how did this place get a name like Old Havenson's Laundry? And the, old man th- the old man says, "Is name of owner. The tourist says, well, you know, where is the owner? He goes, me, right here. I own the place, replies the old man. He goes, how did you ever get a name like Hans Olvenson?" He goes, he's simple. Many, many years ago, I come to this country. I stand in line at Documentation Center. Man in front of me, big blonde Swede. Lady looks at him. She goes, what's his name? He goes, Hans Olfusen. She looked at me, and she said, what's your name? He goes, "Something." Ting. <laughs> <laughs> You know, a lot of that actually happened at Ellis I Island know. when people came into the country. You're right. The name was too long, and they just
2: changed it on them. Yeah, that's what happened to my grandparents. <laughs> they chopped their name right in half. Oh, my God. If you have a funny story you'd like to hear on our show, send it to 8029 at net, or give us a call at 267-266-5501.
1: 50-5-0-1. And now it is time for the Mortgage Month segment with... D and Cat from Green Tree, and she's going to talk to you about how does your debt to ratio income affect your ability to purchase a home. That was close. That was that was pretty close. It was
2: pretty close. <laughs> it, was pretty close. <laughs> it was pretty close. I've been practicing for eleven years, you know, <laughs> on how to screw it up. I feel, but um, <laughs> but what what I want to talk about today is a lot of people are calling and. A lot of people are not qualifying right now and that's because a couple things I want to mention. Number one, you cannot purchase a home with unemployment income. So now that people are getting this extra money, um, they feel that they can use that to purchase a home and that is not true. So we cannot use unemployment checks to qualify you for a mortgage
1: because that's not gonna last forever correct
2: correct it's not stable yeah it's not stable income now Social Security I can use Social Security disability I can use pension income we can use we just need to show that it's going to continue for three years and that you've received it for the past three months so that's pretty simple but when you have what we call your debt-to-income ratio also known as DTI and where does that it's your debt-to-income ratio And, Mark, what we do is we're going to take your gross monthly income. So let's say somebody's making $4,000 a month gross income. Right. We're going to use that. You have a front ratio. You have a back ratio. We're going to take that gross income, and we're going to divide it into your pity payment, which is your principal, interest, taxes, and insurance. Now, depending on what loan you're going to have is going to depend
1: upon...
2: Pity. Right, your pity is going to depend upon what that ratio is going to be. So we're going to use FHA because that's the most common right now. So 46.9% on the front and 56.9% on the back. So that means when I take your mortgage payment and let's call it $1,700 and I divide that into 4,000 gross monthly income, that needs to be under 46.9%. If it's over, you need to find a home that either has lower taxes or a lower sales price. Make sense?
1: Yeah. do looking in Jersey.
2: <laughs> <laughs> all right. Now, the back ratio, same thing. We're going to take your gross monthly income. We're going to take your pity payment, which is your principal, interest, taxes, and insurance. And now we're going to add all that monthly debt that's on your credit report, your Victoria's Secret credit card what yours is probably up to like what three grand (laughs) we're gonna take whatever that monthly payment is all your student loans even if your student loans are deferred with an FHA loan we have to use 1% of that debt so if you have a $90,000 student loan debt we're using 1% of that that's going to be $900 all right we're gonna take the gross income add the pity and your monthly income together and divide that into your gross monthly income. And that's going to give you your back ratio and that can not exceed 56.9%. So let me ask you this, Mark, if my front ratio is fine, but my back ratio is too high. How can I still purchase the home of my dreams?
1: I don't know, that was too much detail for me.
2: I thought so. So how we can do that, I was just getting back at you for last week's question. Um, how we can do that is I can pay off some of my monthly credit card debt.
1: I would just ask you, that's what I would
2: say. <laughs> we can pay down some of our monthly credit card debt or I can get a co-signer to go on that loan with me. Somebody there that has know. good credit, somebody that has a low debt, but somebody that has good steady income
1: somebody that'll press hard and sign here
2: exactly now does that person have to stay on that loan for all 360 payments absolutely not as soon as you can qualify on your own we can take that non-occupying co-borrower off all right all right you got it
1: i got it and then they can help with the pity
2: (laughs) well not all the time not all the time but I'll be happy to go over the ratios, show you exactly what we need to do to get them lower. You just got to give me a call at 609-605-7153.
1: I think it's just ironic that all those bills together are called a pity.
2: (laughs) I know. I say that all the time. And it's not a pity that you have them. (laughs) All right. So coming up next is going to be our question and answer segment.
1: Very good. That was a very good topic, actually. So with that, you are listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio, WPHD, all positive all the time. We will be right back.
0: Deanne and Mark are halfway through this week's edition of Good News in Real Estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. When the show returns, more real estate news from around the Delaware Valley. But first, a word from one of our home team partners, Remax, and Alan Stassen, who is famous for being a Philadelphia real estate
1: expert. All right, welcome back to Good News Real Estate here on Talk Radio, WPHT, all positive. All of the time. So where are we at, Deanne?
2: mark we are up to our question and answer segment
1: all right so we got some good ones here too so what's the first one
2: i want you to still answer the debt to income ratio one how's that (laughs) all right ready number one i'm selling my home to my daughter for a dollar what documents do we need i live in texas
1: see well state to state it's a little different how this process works but basically you need to either hire a title company or get a lawyer, somebody to handle this. But a title company usually will work. And you might have to, well, if it's in the family in our area, you don't have to pay the transfer tax. So that saves you. Because if the house was worth 200 grand, you're gonna pay uh, 4% 4 transfer tax. So that's what, eight grand. So you, you can avoid all that. But usually, a lot of people call me for this and I just hook them up with a title company that I know and a title company takes care of the whole thing. And then they meet, they sign the documents and transfer the title and then it gets recorded. In Texas, you'll have to check, you know, somebody probably, since we're on radio.com, you know, that's where we got this question. You have to check with your local realtor. They'll be able to hook you up and tell you what to do. What's the next one?
2: All right. The next question is: Can an HOA, which is your homeowners association, force a homeowner to list a property with the HOA sales office?
1: All depends on the rules. The that bylaws, ever right? Reads. Yeah, the bylaws of the homeowners association. Now, some of them and some condo associations have a line in there and it's usually a big thick document that everybody says they're going to read but they don't read and in there there might be some they have first right of refusal so they want to have a say on who's moving in kind of it can't be discriminatory but but some of them they want you to sell it back to them so they can make a profit on it so you got to read the HOA uh, rules. There's a commercial running right now on TV about uh, homeowners insurance or something, and the the leader of the homeowners association is going down cutting people's. Mail box. That is this?
2: hilarious. Yeah, that's our favorite have
1: commercial. Met, have you met Sheila yet? <laughs> <laughs> like this girl's got nothing else to do but go around and make sure everybody's bushes are at the right height, their mailboxes are in line. She's
2: got the Some hanging. Homeowner. She's got the hanging plants, and she comes in and clips the yeah, clips the plants clips the down. Things
1: they're against regular, you know. And we've had, we had one a year ago in Jersey. Remember with the American flag? Yep. The guy put the t- flag up, and and it got on the news and all because why are they against the american flag it wasn't the flag it was the pole. you you <laughs> you, you have to live by the rules right so and we had one our friend a uh, hank that owns the electrical company remember he couldn't park his truck in the because it, it had a wrap so they can, can consider it a commercial, a commercial vehicle Commercial vehicle, right and you can't couldn't park commercial vehicles so he called me for advice, and I told him to run for Homeowners Association, and now he is president. <laughs> and you do an addendum to the rules, and now you can Frank and park his yeah park his truck.
2: Very good. What's the next one? All right. The next question is: uh, Buyer of my home over zealous inspector decides our home needs repairs. If we decide to walk away from the sale, do we have to tell the next buyer? That's a good question. Couldn't,
1: according to law in Pennsylvania New Jersey most of the surrounding states have this once you are aware of an issue you have to go back and amend your sellers disclosure which I was a topic like two weeks ago right on uh, and uh, and you have to now now uh, disclose this issue so sometimes, what I over in my career, I've had sellers that said, oh, "I'm not doing it. I'm not doing this repair," and then I tell them, "I said, well, listen, you have to disclose it now. So now the next buyer comes in, the first thing they ask for before they sign that contract is review that home's that seller's disclosure, and if they see that issue in there, you're probably going to end up doing it anyway, but." Yeah, you're going to have to disclose. You're going to have to let the next buyer know. Or you could end up in court and get sued. Right. If you were aware of it or your agent was aware of it and you and you hid it. That's a good question. It is a good is question. That, that one happens that one comes up a lot.
2: We when we had our home inspection, I mean, there was 32 pages of repairs. Our guy was definitely overzealous i mean it was things because
1: he came he just came from wawa Wild with one of them giant coffees man
2: <laughs> the stuff that he picked up was just absolutely insane it was off the charts it wasn't even it was so minor i think anyway i don't want to get into it but
1: no but i that's a good issue on this because i tell what i do personally with my sellers and buyers i call the home inspector and I say, listen, they're in love with this house, and if it's if it's the buyer, they're in love with this house, we're not worried about the little mi- minutia stuff, we're worried about the major systems. Because some of these home inspectors, they do. They get that big cappuccino, and then they show up at your house all fired up, and they're out to impress you. Here's the weird part. They're out to impress you in case you know somebody else that at this moment needs to hire right. a home inspector what are the chances of that
2: <laughs> well but anyway yeah i mean it, you know it,
1: but i'm you know i i've had them i i've had some overzealous guys that went the craziest one i ever had we talked about it years ago my seller went up on on the roof the home inspector put the ladder up on the roof. they go up on the roof to go up and check the roof. Right. He gets up on the roof. He turns around. She's standing behind him. Oh
2: my God!
1: <laughs> she couldn't get down the ladder. They had to call the fire department. <laughs>
2: get out of
1: here! Yeah. I had to call the fire department. She went up to see what he was doing, and then she couldn't get down the ladder. They had to call the fire department. <laughs> All right. What's the next All right. One?
2: The next question is: Is there options for rent to own for people? Needing to have help with credit, and I'm a first-time home buyer. Yes,
1: yeah, see this. So, I don't this, like this. this. Rent to own. I don't like it. It's really called option to purchase or lease option to purchase. Rent to own is usually a marketing ploy. Brokers do this stuff to make the phone ring, and the people they don't know. They you know that's forty percent of Philadelphia rents. So now this renter's paying 1500 bucks a month, finally decides to buy, hasn't called you, hasn't got pre-approved, doesn't know where they're at. So they think they can't buy. They think they need like an 800 credit score, 20% down. So they think, I'll rent to own. And in the end, it's all a marketing thing. And then you call the office and they say, well, where is this rent to own? Oh, they're all over. And then they say, and then they try to hook them up with a mortgage person, get them pre-approved, find out where they're at, and then they try to sell them a house. That's most of the time when you see an advertisement for rent to own, it's a marketing ploy to make the phone ring at some real estate office.
2: Yep, absolutely.
1: Otherwise, they we call it what it is, a lease option, the purchase.
2: Right, like we, we have point? a situation right now where I have a gentleman that doesn't have a two year history for two years, he's four months short, And he's renting and he actually wants to buy this house because his daughter was born in this house so he wants to buy it and then be able to give it to her so we're actually gonna buy the house for six months right rent it to him he's gonna give us the three and a half percent we're gonna put it in escrow and then when he has the two-year history we're gonna sell it back to him
1: there you go there's always a way to split that baby
2: (laughs) all right last question I sold my rental house for two hundred thousand dollars. I bought a rental condo for fifty seven within twenty days. Question is, if I get, will I get any tax benefit from buying my condo?
1: Only if they did a ten thirty one exchange. We talked about this about a week ago. Yep. If now, if this guy would have called us in advance or listened to our show, he would have heard about a ten thirty one exchange. He could have hooked up, and he would have had time he has 50, so many days and 180 days to close to get to get that benefit on the on the capital gains tax but if you're doing it by yourself you don't get that you got to you got to file a 1031 exchange
2: all right great questions and we really they appreciate they were good questions yeah we really appreciate all the listeners sending them in to us There's some really good stuff stuff so coming up next is going to be our topic of the day And it's how to avoid buyer's remorse.
1: All right. Very good. So with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. All positive all the time. We
0: will be right back.
2: Mark, we are up to our topic of the day which is how to avoid buyer's remorse.
1: Buyer's remorse. And this is something people don't think about until they made a major purchase. I get it, but it doesn't last too long for me. Like <laughs> I last truck I bought, as I drove out of uh, the Ford dealership and I was going up the boulevard, by the time the light I got to the light, I was over it. Oh my god. Should I have done this? Should I have done that? Other people high S's and high C personalities, they'll sit at home and rethink this thing. Did I make the right choice? <clears throat> was this the right house? Did I pay too much? What if something happens to my finances? What if I lose my job? Like they get really worked up over this. And last week, we story about the dirt lady. That was the worst buyers worst case I ever had. <laughs> there are hundreds of questions that'll run through their mind in this period up to closing. If, when they actually become the owner of the home. Most, most of them are simple, easy answered. but sometimes doubt creeps in and it starts driving them crazy, making them uncertain if they want to proceed with the purchase. Unless there's a true reason for concern your state of mind simply should be the standard. You know, you get a little remorse and you get over it. Right. I, back in the day I used to give uh, if I had one, a buyer that had it bad, I used to give him a bag of M&M's and I should say, every time you start second guessing yourself, eat an M M&M. and M. And they would like look at me and laugh. But you know what? Every time they started thinking of that, they would think about the M and Ms, and it actually worked for them. <laughs> little trick, <laughs> little trick from the MC. But anyway, it's the, the most expensive thing they're probably ever going to buy. So it takes three steps to determine if your doubts are buyer's remorse or indication that there's a genuine problem. Of course, there is a genuine problem if it can't be resolved then you might be forced to do something. But before you jump to that conclusion, let's review your initial decision. You need to make it sure it's not a simple case of developing cold feet. Find your wants and needs list. This is why agents should do a buyer needs analysis with people before they even go out showing them houses. Does the home include the most important things on the list? What qualifies the house you choose to stand out from the others you looked at in the beginning? Did you find many houses that met your needs, or was this one a rarity? If you can go back at, if you could back out of the contract, is it realistic to think you'll find a house that's better than the one you got now? And what's so special about this house that just a few days ago you were in love with it? What has changed? Really changed in the last couple of days? And analyzing those facts will lead you to help sort out your feelings. That you made the correct purchase and was it truly a poor choice or would or, or would you be a nervous moving forward on any other house would you take the chance of giving this house up and that brings on the buyer's remorse remorse sometimes kicks in after we start talking to others this is where like the uncle harry's oh, come into play please you know uh did well they start you know the question you, questioning your judgment they usually mean well but it's not uncommon for family and friends to question your choice what you paid what did you pay for it ah you paid too much <laughs> especially especially if it's your first purchase uh, or and even season pros a lot of people don't remember this next time they don't remember anything from their first purchase but do they know the market? Have they been years since they bought a property themselves? Uh, they might even live in another part of the country or the area where housing costs are different. So you got to be careful who you take advice from. And let's face it, parents rarely think the house is good enough for their kids. You cannot compare how your parents bought a home to how you buy a home today. And to continue continuing to look at the house, big mistake. Stop looking at other houses unless you feel the contract has a good chance of falling apart. You know, don't keep shopping
2: that's the worst you can do that's the worst worst you you can do do.
1: and real estate agents who offer no guidance is bad some agents do not guide their buyers through the closing process they kind of like sign them up they're busy they're out showing houses with other people and these people are sitting at home just thinking about this house they need to stay in touch with them and and make their process not so stressful Unanswered questions could put buyers in a panic mode, especially if it's their first home. Panic leads to doubt and ultimately to buyer's remorse. Contact your agent. Stay in touch with them. Talk to them. Your own doubts. Nothing in life is certain. We tend to think about uncertainties even more whenever we make an important commitment, dwelling on negatives. What if? What if this? And what if that? Instead of looking at the positives. And when your concerns are valid, that there are times purchases should be halted. The conditions of your contract should allow you to back out with no penalty. You can't get financing. There's legitimate reasons. The house doesn't appraise. The home inspection uncovered more stuff. The property boundary lines weren't correct. Whatever title search uncovers something. There are legitimate reasons for getting out. But you know you want to make sure that it's not just you in emotion. The best thing you can do is to recognize that the home buyer's remorse is a very common phenomenon. Like people, everybody gets it. Every time you buy something big, you're gonna get it. Like I buy a guitar and you know, you don't know exactly how it's gonna be until you plug it in and play it for a while. And then, you know, you start, to get, you start what, second guessing yourself. Well, your house is your biggest investment understanding why a remorse occurs helps you prepare for it ahead of time now a good agent i think i coach they should tell uh buyers what buyers remorse is up front and then they'll go oh i don't get buyer's remorse and then they will because everybody gets it (laughs) and sellers get it too sellers like you you're a good example of seller's remorse I'm gonna move. I'm gonna do this, and then you change your mind. You know, sellers get remorse too. Everybody gets it. It's just it's a mental kit thing, and you got to like be aware of it.
2: All right. That's
1: my two. That's my two cents on it.
2: And and that was a good two cents. It was good. <laughs> Very good. It was a good topic. So coming up now is we have our segment with Doctor Abelson, and he's gonna go over how the D, the I, and the D, the I, the S, and the C. Deal with work in a world without connections.
1: With the team, with a team, with a or team. just with? Yeah, and
2: this is—I I think, think this is
1: a great topic. It is because, a great topic because a lot of people work with teams. Doctor, are you there? I am. How are you guys doing? We're good. <laughs> and I really like this topic because everybody is doing Zoom and meeting from home, and it's not the same as being in the same room with your group. So tell us about your thoughts on this. Exactly, I mean, and, and it's, what's,
3: been, what's been happening is that people are feeling less engaged and managers uh, are feeling more concerned because they're not sure if the work's getting done. Uh, and when that happens, they start putting more pressure you know, on their people, which the people don't like because all of a sudden you're suggesting that they're not doing their job or they shouldn't be trusted. So it, 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 it really causes additional stress in the workplace, which really doesn't need to be. So the issue becomes, how do you keep people engaged, even though you're not interacting with them on a regular basis, and the only time you're really interacting with them is with the non-emotional aspect of technology, whether it be through texting, whether it be through through uh, some internet you know platform, uh, or, or whether you're, you're on the telephone. And it's interesting, fewer and fewer people seem to be using the telephone, which is one of the richest media. The only thing that's richer is something like Zoom or something like that out there. So what's happening is people are somewhat disengaged. Now, depending on what your behavioral style is, that's going to have an impact on how you deal with that, right? What happens with the Ds is the, the, the Ds have an issue because they like to delegate, and they like to get other people to do things for them. But if they can't just walk over to your desk and they have to call you up and hope that you answer, then what happens is they don't have that opportunity of doing the delegation as much. So they get a little bit more frustrated. So what you're seeing with people who have deep behavioral styles is things aren't getting done because they have so many things on their plate, and they don't have the easy opportunity of delegating that to somebody else. Right. So if the person is a fairly intense D, you need to be aware of that and you need to help them come up with ways of dealing with that and one of those ways is to have them create a list and just check it off. Which might be difficult if they don't like to create lists. Because I, got, I, got a, be I heard
1: back. of I heard of a situation today. An agent, one of my instructors, is leaving his real estate company because don't because of this pandemic, not being in the office every day. He's trying to get answers from people about whatever issue, and they're not responding. And he gave it a few shots, and now he's, you know, he's an independent contractor. So he's going to leave because they didn't respond. Like, I'm going to have a a teacher's meeting soon because I need to get all them together. But they're all pretty familiar with Zoom and everything else, so I, I think it'll go pretty well. But not everybody is. No, they're not not as
3: personal. It's definitely not as personal. If if somebody's an intense I who likes to interact with people, or somebody who's an intense S who likes to um, who who likes to interact in a different way because they're much more maternalistic or paternalistic, you know, with people and they like to be supportive of them. They they like to just get a feeling for what's going on. They like to look at the nonverbals, and so you're not you're not seeing that. And, and you're not experiencing that. And even with Zoom, it's, it's not the same as sitting at a conference table. No. Because what happens is maybe you have all of their pictures up there and, and you can get quite a few. But, but if you've got 15 or 20 people in your group, you can't see them all at the same time. And if no, you can, you, then and you can't see the PowerPoint and you, demonstration.
1: And you can't see the one that's like tapping their fingers on the table. Like, how long is this going to take? And like, you, you don't pick up those that body language.
3: Or the ones that won't show you the picture. Right, okay. That's so they the worst. have a canned picture. So you, really don't know, you don't know what's going on in the background. Yeah, and you they're, don't they're know not if they're engaged. They're doing
2: something else. Exactly. exactly. They're not engaged. Exactly.
1: So I have that. Right. We do, on our real estate school, we do live Zooming classes, and, and students will do that. They'll turn their video off, and I make the teachers make them show their faces every so often to make sure they're engaged. You
3: know? And they're paying attention and they're not doing something else. I mean, That's they right. they can be reading another book. They can be reading a magazine while while all this is going on. And as far as the computer is concerned, they're clocking in.
1: Right. right. Exactly.
2: I've been trying to train somebody over Zoom, and it's not working at all. So it, it, you, there's well then, just no connection. That, that
1: really.
3: Well, that really gets to that gets to a couple of things, Dan. One of them is the, is the disbehaviors. Okay. Another one is what motivates them. If they're a high theoretical. You know and they're motivated because they want to learn okay then they're going to be like a sponge to soak it up right. if they're a high utilitarian where you have to demonstrate to them that it's very very practical and they need it to be successful in their job or whatever their personal goals are right? then they'll pay more attention but if they don't see how it's connected to, 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 to what is important to them then what happens is you're going to lose them and they're going to become disengaged It's kind of like in the office where somebody tells you that, yes, I'll do whatever you want. And then you leave and then they do whatever they want, you know. And so that happens much more so with the technology right now. And there really isn't an easy way to check on it.
0: Yeah.
2: Dr. Ray, I think we're going to have to finish next week because we're we're getting this. But you know what?
1: Let's get back to this because this is going to go on probably to after the election. So let's, Absolutely. Let's continue this conversation next week. Because okay. a, a lot of people are working this way right now, and some people do not like it.
3: Right. All right, so tell, and I, tell to everybody else. Really like are the C's? Because yeah, tell, they don't like that. Tell everybody, to everybody how to get a hold of you.
1: Tell everybody it's how to really get a hold of you.
3: It's Abelson, A B E L S O N, at abelson.net, or just go to our, our website, abelson.net. And there's all kinds of neat stuff, and we're launching a, uh, an educational <laughs> training facility now, and we have over 150 videos and articles on uh-huh. how to understand and more effectively use these things.
1: All right, doctor, talk to you.
2: Thank you, Dr. All right. All right. If you have any questions, you can email them to Mark at 8029 at Comcast.net, or give him a call at 267 266 50 oh, That is oh, a that's... great number. Or you can email me at dmkitsaris at comcast.net or give me a call at 609 605 7153.
1: And a special thanks for all of our listeners tuning in every week and our sponsors for keeping us on the air on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. And hopefully you'll tune in next Sunday at 9 a.m. So with that, have a great week. I'm Mark Cumberland.
2: I'm Deanne Katsaris, your mortgage mom.
1: You've been listening to Good News and Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. All, all
2: positive, positive, all the all time. All
1: the time.
0: Thanks for listening to Good News in Real Estate, a Jacob Media production. If you're interested in learning more about the power of the radio hour, contact Joe Kraus at 267-261-3428. This program is a paid commercial announcement and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program has been pre-recorded.
2: When we make a profit, you see it. Better rates, fewer fees, and we give back to the community all the things that you want from a financial institution. Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours.